We have a special treat for our convocation speaker today. He comes to us all the way from San Francisco, California. Is shadowing our school today because he is um, considering starting up an independent school out in the San Francisco area. So he's kind of um, checking out John Paul the Great today. Do please make him feel welcome, and it would be nice if you could make us look good during his visit, um, if at all possible. But on a Friday, I know that's a tall that's a tall order. So um, we just want to welcome up Alex Adamson. Thanks. Thank you. I know I'm supposed to start this. I don't know how to start it. Okay. Somebody will cut me off. Um, hi, everyone. My name is Alex. Um, I am just going to tell you a quick story about when I was in high school today. Uh, as mentioned, I live in San Francisco now, but I was born in Denver. Um, I just at the hospital, Swedish hospital down the street here. When I was three years old, my parents split up. Um, I moved to Michigan with my mom lived there through eighth grade. I moved back to Denver uh, to live with my dad for high school, and I went to Mullen High School in Lakewood. And my dad had went to Mullen as well, and um, he was a big deal. He was a state champion runner, an all-state tight end, the leading scorer on the basketball team, and uh, if that wasn't annoying enough, he was also the valedictorian. <laughs> and there was a picture of him on his state championship team in 1968 that hung on the wall in the lunchroom where I ate every day. And, uh, you know, I adore my dad, but it was, uh, it was a big reputation to follow. Uh, my first several years at Mullen were rough. Um, no one told me that high school was supposed to be hard or that it was hard. And so I went in thinking it was like rainbows and unicorns and never-ending laughter. And I was a new kid, and I didn't know anybody, and I was shy, and I had a really hard time making friends. Um, I tried lots of things. One of the things I tried was I joined the football team, uh, which was a good idea, except that I had never played football in my life. And um, you know, when I graduated high school, I was this height, 6'6", weighed 145 pounds, so this minus 50 pounds. Um, my brother sent me a picture of me in high school recently uh, where I had my shirt off, and he had a caption that said, for only $5 a month, you can feed this starving boy in Denver, Colorado. <laughs> And so with that specimen of a body, I tried out for the football team. And the first drill, the first day of practice, I broke my arm. Oh. And I broke it so badly that they had to reset it in the ambulance because I almost lost my hand because my circulation was cut off. Um, I recovered from that. I went out for the basketball team, got cut from the freshman A and the B team. Um, I was eating lunch by myself every day. And you know I wasn't totally alone because I had the 1968 version of my dad on the wall. <laughs> but uh, it was pretty depressing. And I thought something was wrong with me. I thought I made a mistake moving to Denver. I daydreamed uh, about being good at something or belonging to one of these friend groups that I saw around me. And um, midway through that year, my Aunt Kristen, who I was really close to, she was only a few years older than I was, uh, she died from complications related to cystic fibrosis. And I was, uh, I was devastated. It was the first time I had ever encountered death. And you know, none of this is the end of the world, and most people will have way worse uh, experiences in their life. But it felt like the end of the world to me at the time. And it was in the midst of this painful, suffering period that for the first time in my life, I had a religion class, or maybe I should say a theology class, that had a lot of deep philosophical content. Uh, my teacher was this guy named Ron Garofalo. He um, told me about Anselm's proof for the existence of God. And then a day later, he dismantled the proof, uh, pointing out a tautology in the logic. And at that moment, my brain turned on in religion class for the first time in my life. 
And then he told us about the argument from design, and he told us that the first person to theorize the Big Bang was a Catholic priest, and he told us uh, about the scientific analysis on the Shroud of Turin, and he went through C.S. Lewis's, you know, liar, lunatic, Lord, options for Christ. And he told us that um, we had free will, and that meant that the creator of the universe had given up his power and handed a tiny bit of it to us. And he told us that abdication of power was the most loving act that one could fathom. And I was completely changed. Um, I don't know if it was the content or the way he taught, or he was also this kind of giant bodybuilder, and he had these biceps that would just rip out of his shirt as he would tell you about God. <laughs> so maybe it was the biceps. But, you know, when you, I think the real reason is that it was in the midst of suffering that I heard all of that. And, you know, when you're suffering, you're, you're naked and you're vulnerable and your ego is gone. And all the distractions and things that keep your faith at arm's length are gone. And I just felt that the gifts of existence and free will meant that I was loved. And that loved feeling made me uh, slowly start to feel better. Uh, I ended up joining the debate team. So as my sister once said, joining the debate team meant I could go from being a nerd to being king of the nerds. And... <laughs> Uh, but my senior year, I won the district debate tournament, I won the state debate tournament, I went to nationals and finished second. Way more importantly than all of that, I made a lifelong friend, and it's the only person I still talk to from high school. His name's Gabe Worgen, he's the godfather of my son, and uh, he was my debate partner. So here's the point. Um, you and God will find each other in your suffering. And in a superficial way, I'm sorry that each of you, sometime in your life, maybe now, will have enormous pain and exhausting suffering uh, during your life. And it will look different for each of you, but you will have it and it will be overwhelming. But in another way, I am not sorry for you because that suffering, that death of your pride is the most pure way to experience God's love. And it's a paradox that suffering and love are right next to each other. But uh, when seen from far enough away, I think it's beautiful. And accepting that paradox is actually what allows life to make sense. Uh, John Paul the Great wrote a really well-known apostolic letter about suffering. I don't know if you guys read it in your curriculum at all. It's called um, Salvifici Dolores, uh, which means redemptive suffering. And he wrote it after his own period of suffering, which was uh, about two years after he was shot in the middle of St. Peter's Square um, in that attempted assassination. So, you know, having no friends in high school, attempted assassination, kind of similar. Um, and he put it this way. He said, to suffer means to be susceptible and open to the saving power of God. The passion of Christ shows us that God has confirmed his desire to act through suffering. He wishes to make his love known precisely through the weakness and emptying of self. And so my wish for all of you, as strange as it may sound, is that God will bless you with redemptive suffering. And the last point I want to make is that when all this suffering shows up, uh, you do have a job. Your job is to do what Jesus did in the garden, and that's pray. And, you know, when he prays in the garden, the first part of his prayer, he says, you know, take this cup from me, which I find so interesting because I feel like that's so many of our prayers. You listen to the prayers of the faithful, the church, and it's heal the sick, stop the war, stop making the senseless politicians so senseless. Um, and it's just so human. But right after that, he says, if the cup cannot pass for me, then thy will be done. And, he, and the sentence that I love right that he says uh, just after that is, my flesh is weak, but my spirit is willing. And that is our job. Our job is that in the midst of the suffering, we have open and willing spirits. And if you do, God will find you. 
So thank you for giving me a few minutes of your time. Uh, may God bless all of you, and praise be Jesus Christ. Now and forever.